Welcome to Divided We Stand. I am Joe Aguirre, along with Duncan McPherson, a.k.a. Lord Sterling, Sam Yosefi, and Michael Gadiosi. Well, the U.S. has the largest coronavirus outbreak in the entire world. 88,000 deaths, 1.4 million confirmed cases. This is according to the latest data from Johns Hopkins University. Worldwide, 307,000 people have passed. 4.5 million have been infected. We know reopening is underway across the country. The number of Americans who are social distancing has dropped by 17 percentage points since late May. So people are definitely looking forward to the end of this. 58% of Americans said they're either completely isolated or mostly isolating themselves. Uh, That's down from 75% um, just about two months ago. Of the 21 states that as of May 4th lack stay-at-home orders, 51% said they were either completely or mostly self-isolating. That's down from 64%. So I haven't really run into this. I mean, I haven't really gone out all that much. I've been in in isolation for uh, as long as as humanly possible, and I'm not looking to go out. But uh, I wear my mask. I wash my hands. I sanitize my hand between stops. I always carry the little Purell with me. You know, look, I, I, I think by now, here's what we know, is that this isn't a virus to be scared of unless you are elderly or have underlying conditions. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're healthy, you can't or or won't be affected, but your chances are extremely low. We do have to start getting back to living, and it seems as though people are, uh, if you will, over it. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there, there's probably something to all the protests. They weren't huge protests, but I think, Duncan, I think people felt like that they just weren't ready to go on the state capitol steps in their respective states and, and get all crazy about it. Probably. I mean, um, a lot of people just people tend to go with the flow typically. So, you know, if the government tells them it's a good idea to do one thing or another, another odds are they're going to obey, especially nowadays, a couple hundred years ago. What might not have been like that? The mentality was a little bit different, more of a rugged frontier mentality of individualism where no way they'd let you shut down their business. Um, But like you mentioned, considering we're learning that it's less deadly than initially thought, what were the initial predictions? 2.4 million people dead by August or something like that. And the people who said it was closer to the flu were criticized, uh, but you know, the numbers are much closer to flu than they are to uh, the 2.4 million that was predicted. So uh, I would argue that not only is it time to start getting back to normal, but don't be all oh, smirky about it. Immediately. <laughs> you don't have to be all smirky about it. it, it look, it, it is it is like a it's like the worst flu season we ever had. Um sure. you know, mm-hmm. it's a little a little above the threshold combined with a flu season. It, it it was again, the whole idea of the um of the actual quarantine wasn't again the idea was never like we're going to keep everybody safe uh that's a an outrageous thought there was no way that was be that was going to be what was going to happen again it was about not over over flooding the healthcare system now that we i think have things under control for the most part it is probably time to open up and again i mean people still need to use caution but as duncan smirked through um it's not as bad uh as initially feared which is such a that's a good thing right yeah. we should all be happy about Definitely. that right michael absolutely i mean I, it is a good thing that it's not as bad as they thought it was going to be and um, i've been saying this all along can't wait till they, we start opening up and getting back to normal um you know uh we're starting to see even here in connecticut cases uh, hospitalizations going down and that's good news. Uh, so we hope the trend goes that direction, that people uh, will be able to go back out, enjoy life again, and uh, hopefully we can get the back to, uh, to some sense of normalcy uh, real soon. Because you know I've been cooped up in my house for the past couple of months too, and uh, you know been, been able to work from home and everything, and that's a good thing. But uh, you know a lot of people out there that need to get back to work, they need to uh, make a living. And um, hopefully this will be done soon. Uh, but uh, a lot of these numbers uh, that we're hearing now, it's, it's a good news and uh, it, it's some optimism there. 
Sam, you're an essential worker, uh, and, and I, you know, I, as a as a guy who drives for a living, you've been on the front lines. Um, you know, it seems sometimes people um, overlook the essential people who aren't doctors and nurses, but the other people, you know, people working in restaurants and in grocery stores and people who are delivering stuff across the country and right up to your doorstep. Do you feel like, Sam, essential workers kind of got the short end of the stick here? Oh, most definitely. Um, you know, with with a giant pandemic, I'm sorry, pandemic. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> Whoopsie. Freudian slip for sure. Um, but, you know, with something like this, um, they want you to social distance. Yeah, every single time you go into a store, confront a cashier, you're definitely within six feet of them. So really, it's almost an impossible feat to completely manage. Um, and for the people who have been forced to keep going to work and risk their lives and, you know, uh, risk and bringing home a virus to their family or something like that, you know, uh, most of them didn't get any hazard pay. There was no real incentive to keep working. Meanwhile, people who got laid off on unemployment had uh, major incentives uh, during this season uh, with the extra boost to the unemployment. Uh, I believe everyone's getting an extra $600 on top of what they're already getting. Um, so the people risking their lives in the front line definitely got the short end of the stick. So um, I think we should definitely thank them a little bit extra for what they've been doing. I think depending on how you define what the optimal outcome is with how you de how you determine who gets the short end of the stick, like, yeah, people who um, are deemed non-essential are getting uh, stimulus checks and unemployment out the wazoo and everything like that. But what's better, a little free cash or liberty? I would say that the people who are were deemed essential and were able to continue working um, got the better half of the deal, and the people whose rights have been stifled got the short end of the stick. Uh, um, you know, it's all from your perspective, though. Exactly, exactly. It's got to be from your perspective, because I've heard it go both ways with people who have families, they're scared to even go to work, you know, and, and especially if they're not getting any extra incentive. I've heard that as a complaint. Um, I'm not getting any extra money. So why should I bother going into work right now um, when there's a pandemic going on? So it depends on where you're coming from, what your needs are in life. Yep, Duncan, I thought he was going to tell you, like, you're out of your mind for saying that. <laughs> Interesting that you're like, well, okay. I mean, again, it, it, look, it really does. I was reading earlier today there were 200 counties across the United States that have zero cases of coronavirus. Zero. Nice. Now, mind you, there's nine people in town, and they all live 35 miles apart, but... Uh, there are places where it, it's not a problem. And so, yeah, this this thing really does come down to a matter of perspective for people who are getting stimulus and who have uh, some money in reserve and who had supplies. It's been a pretty been pretty great, uh, you know, being quarantined and, and stuck in the home that you uh, pay so much money on to own every year and not get to enjoy. It's it's been it's been nice to, to be honest with you. Um Let's talk about the. We're going to talk about the election, um, and and how this is going to influence the election. But first, I want to tell you, and Duncan and I had this conversation the other day, and I and I say this simply from an optic standpoint, and nothing more than that. According to the latest polling, this is from uh, Politico, seven in ten registered voters, including fifty-eight percent of Republicans, said they feel President Donald Trump and Vice President Mike Pence should be wearing face masks when they're out in public and traveling. Now, Duncan suggested to me, and I'll, I'll let you explain it more, Duncan, that it, it it exudes strength on their part that they're not afraid of the virus. And that's great. And that plays well to the Republican base. It's going to do nothing for the Democrats, but you're not trying to impress those people. For Donald Trump to win the election, Donald Trump has to convince the independents that he's doing things right uh, and that he didn't blow it. And I think the best way for him to do that is to wear a mask like everybody's supposed to be doing. Duncan, explain explain your stance uh, as far as um, why why you feel like he shouldn't wear a mask. 
Um, you know, it's a, it's again just a matter of perspective. It's it's a lose lose situation. You know, one way if he puts on a mask, the media will blast him, saying, "Well, he hasn't been worried about it. Why the, the hydroxychloroquine wasn't good enough to, pre- to be preventative for him, as he's been, you know, <laughs> touting for months." Fair. Yeah. You know, so I don't know personally. I like. Um, I, I like um, that he's sort of giving off the air of invincibility, whether or not it's accurate. He's putting his money where his mouth is, literally, by not covering his mouth, you know, and um, something there's something to be said for that. Although I can certainly understand the perspective of people who may think that he's not taking the situation seriously, like you mentioned in our conversation. Um, so, you know, it's a, a double-edged sword. You swing it either way and <laughs> some something's getting cut, you know. We might need a little bit more boost on your volume, Joe, too. Mike, mask or no mask? Uh, See, that's the thing. It it could go either way for me because I'm thinking on the one hand, if you you, you turn on the TV and you see uh, Pence and Trump with mask on and you might think, uh, get a little scared here. Our leaders are, you know, like, oh, my gosh, it's really that bad that even Trump's wearing a mask. Oh, my God. then on the other hand, like Duncan alluded to, which is like without the mask shows signs of that, of, uh, you know, strength and leadership that, that this is under control and that they're, they're doing a good job and keeping this under control, things like that. So I'm kind of split in the middle. I have to say for, for once, I guess, <laughs> I mean, like I said, this uh, quarantine's kind of getting to me sometimes, you know, and uh, <laughs> it's like, usually it's, everything's black and white for me a lot of times, but I'm kind of doing a gray area here because it's like, like I said, one hand you see them with masks on you think it's really that bad and then if you don't see with the mask on you think well it's maybe it's not so bad so let me ask let me ask duncan and michael first and then i'll ask you sam you guys are going to vote for him probably no matter what right agreed oh at this point yes fairly certain <laughs> that you're going to vote for him no, at this no, no, point no. yes and i ain't I'm voting for bison <laughs> Yeah, of course you're not. Now, listen, the reason I ask you that is, is if Trump started wearing a mask tomorrow, and let's be honest, there's been uh, a couple of aides in the White House who have tested positive. Uh, it's getting a little close uh, for comfort in there. If the president decided tomorrow to start wearing a mask, would it change your view of him at all? Either of you, Duncan or, or, or Michael? I don't think it would. You're still going to vote for him. I'm so still, I, 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 Again, I when I say the individual's decision um, for how yeah. well they need to protect themselves. So my point is, again, from an optics standpoint, you're you, you're you're not worried about the Trump base supporting him if he throws a mask on tomorrow. I, no, again, right. I think it's the people who aren't quite sure, who are maybe either leaning to, to, for or against, that might be a difference maker. That's Especially if you're affected by it. If somebody in your family passes from COVID and the president's still not wearing a mask, again... Mm-hmm. It sort of gives that that where he's not taking it serious. So, Sam, uh, if he, what are you thinking here? Mask or no mask? I know you're you're not a hundred percent on board, but you're not not. So, thoughts? yeah, I, I can see it go either way because, um, you know, as the president and the vice president, you are the figurehead of the country. So right now, your um, task at hand is to convince people about the virus and to take it seriously and to wear the mask and to social distance. So you would want to think that through the media and the television, you'd want to display that and be an example of how to behave uh, in that situation because you are the leader of the country. Um, but I do see what uh, what Mike said that, you know, if they're wearing a mask, it might seem kind of scary to people terrify them that even the great mighty Donald Trump can potentially get sick. <laughs> so, um, but I, I see it going either way, you know, um, I think that they, they should be leaders. They should be leading by example. That's typically the best way to lead. Um, but again, you know, this one goes to perspective and where you're coming from. Certain people will be turned off by it. Certain people will applaud it. So I like the, uh, right. the idea of leading by example. I've been watching the, uh, the, documentary series that came out about uh the 97 98 chicago bulls and one of the uh things that michael jordan has been criticized for is being overly harsh on his teammates uh being accused of being a tyrant and domineering and controlling the whole team basically and he said you know i never asked anybody to do anything that i didn't do myself and uh, i thought that's a good right. point as a leader he was, run, he was the running fastest in the drills doing everything working just as hard as he didn't expect any to do anything that he wouldn't do himself so gotta appreciate that i respect it 
Oh, yeah, so exactly. then couldn't you argue if he's telling us we should wear a mask, then that he also should, just to set a good example, especially for people who are like, I don't want to. This is against my individual freedoms. Wouldn't yeah. it be if he was like, hey, I'm going to wear one too, guys. Let's just do this. You'd all be like, okay. Not that you're not. Now, to, again, to your credit, and I will say, you know, uh, I, I, I've been talking all week to a, a lot of my friends. Um I told you my therapist is concerned I'm leading Trump. Um, and I, I said to her, you know, I said last week on our show, we talked about a lot of stuff and uh, the amount of things we agreed on, um, I think, is reflective of what we're living through. Um, and, and the idea that, look, I mean, we have to work together to, to get this thing over with and done with and to move on as a country. That's the most important thing with as few deaths as humanly possible. That's really what we all want. Um, now. This election includes Joe Biden, um, and that's never good. Uh, once again, Joe Biden uh, has suggested that people shouldn't vote for him. I don't know why he continues oh, to do that. That's one thing I agree with him on. That's very <laughs> <Yeah>. funny. <laughs> A Suffolk University USA Today poll uh, survey found that people who backed Sanders in the primaries or caucuses this year found 4% plan to vote for Donald Trump. That is down from 12% who went against Hillary in the 2016 election. Uh, so good news there for Biden, but... Every time the guy opens his mouth, he is such a liability. Uh, Joe Biden, again, denied the sexual assault allegation made against him by former Senate staffer Tara Reid. He was being interviewed on MSNBC, but he added, for some odd reason, that voters who stand by Reid should not support him. He said, quote, if you believe Tara Reid, they probably shouldn't vote for me. End quote. He then added, I wouldn't vote for me if I believed Tara Reid. <laughs> Didn't he really add that last part? Yes, he did. Oh, and he, wow. added it, he added it unwarranted. It's not even like anybody anybody was, was asking him to add on another thought there. I thought it was smart last week uh, that, that Obama came out and tore into Donald Trump. I thought it was smart that they had, uh, you know, Obama addressed the high school graduates across the country. Because if the Democrats are smart and they really do want to win, I really think the only, the only chance they have is to put him under lock and key. Say he's got corona and quarantine him until like November 4th. Because I really do. I think it's his election to lose um, if he says something stupid, especially as, you know, and again, we're not going to probably see the, the millions of death, but it, it seems like we're probably going to, by August, have about 300,000 dead from corona. It's going to start affecting a lot more people. And you have to wonder what kind of effect that will have on their perspective of the Trump leadership. It could hurt them. Unless... Joe Biden runs his mouth more. So, Duncan, are you at all concerned about the president and his reelection campaign? Not much. Not really. <laughs> I don't think that anybody can realistically blame him, blame, blame him from, uh, you know, for the problems resulting from the coronavirus, the uh, unwanted Chinese export, as <laughs> YouTubers are being forced to call it since their videos are demonetized for just saying coronavirus uh, side issue. But uh yeah, I uh, his what is it? Uh, who is it? CBS or CNN reporting that right now he's polling really high. Actually, they were reporting forty nine percent from Gallup polls. Uh, he's peaking. Uh, so, so I, I don't, I don't, I'm not really too worried about it either way. I don't think Biden has a chance in hell. I mean, look at look at the turnout. What did Biden gets like? What thirty people in a room and calls one thirtieth of them one person a dog faced lion pony soldier, <laughs> but Trump goes down to the like to the store and has a stadium of a uh, fifty thousand people on a whim. Like, there's no contest between the enthusiasm regarding support for Trump on the street as opposed to Biden support. I've never met somebody who's a Biden supporter like. They exist. It's it's funny. I, I don't know that I know anybody uh, whose first choice was Joe Biden. 
until <laughs> hold on until until he won the nomination and then i heard from, they were like yeah i wanted him all along and i was like that's funny because i saw you posted a lot of elizabeth warren yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, sounds like a bandwagon posting kamala harris stuff so i'm i'm curious <laughs> curious why he's your guy now is he your guy now because they uh, look i know you guys uh, believe there's some grand conspiracy where Hillary's going to come out of this uh, on the other side. <laughs> Why Hillary not? 2020. Why <laughs> uh, I don't, it's just the only thing that makes sense to me. You know? It's sad that in this that this world that we're living in right now, that's all that makes sense to you. It's Hillary <laughs> yeah, somehow wrestling the nomination. Well, about it. The government's shut down all the businesses. Everybody's locked inside for something that's no more deadly than the flu or barely more. And here we are with joe biden none of this is reality like this is so <laughs> you can't you can't make this stuff up yeah. i mean this is i mean if i were a democrat i'd be worried because this is the best we can do is joe biden i mean honestly they know he can't win and this is why i i honestly believe they're going to pull hillary clinton out of a hat somehow some way and make her the nominee i i, I believe that and if i'm wrong i'm wrong but i believe that uh, and if they don't, the fix is in for Trump because Biden <laughs> Biden doesn't stand a chance. I don't think. I'd love to see the debates between Biden and Trump, though. That would be fun. Oh my God, <laughs> would it be though? Would it really be fun though? It'd, It'd be, be hilarious. Extremely It'd be painful. Extremely painful. But well, for if, Biden, it'll be painful. If there are <laughs> three debates, true. if there are three debates between the two gentlemen, I believe at least once there will be a physical altercation. I'm not saying punches thrown, but I'm saying people grabbing. You know when people start grabbing, eating. Yeah, I can. Oh, yeah. I can. You know not how see that. Biden did corn pop. He's not, and he can't talk, so all he has to resort to is, "You want to do a push-up contest or yeah. you know, whatever?" <laughs> Take off his coat. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean these two have threatened to punch each other in the face before. That's why I bring it up. That, that might just, happen. That might Biden happen, though. He would punch Trump. 2020. America. It might happen. <laughs> it, 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 would not be, it would not be the weirdest thing to happen in 2020. No. <laughs> Very true. Very true. No. Not at this point, no. And uh, after the last election, uh, I think anything's possible for the presidential election now, at this point especially. Yeah. All right. Um, I do want to talk about something that I, I think is kind of serious. Um, Duncan sort of laughed it off uh, in, during the week when I talked to him about it. Um, I'll be curious to know anyone else's thoughts on this. Uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo uh, fired his department's inspector general. That is the fourth time in the last three months that an inspector general who was nominated by the Trump administration has then been fired. Uh, and each of these cases, the IG in that department reported something Trump did wrong. In the long run, Trump beat the rap and then fired the person who filed the report in the first place. For their misinformation and false allegations. <laughs> it's it's not a good look when you are firing the people who you hired to make sure you're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, it's but just they, a bad look. If they make allegations that he did something wrong but can't prove it, and there's no, and there's no evidence to back it up that he did something wrong, the, you know, if you did this to your boss, at, at your job, if you reported your boss to his boss or something, or... I, I don't see. But Michael, Linux. Michael, if your job is to report me doing something wrong and I do something wrong. If you, you do something with, wrong, yes. Well, and you go and report it. The most recent one, right? Linick, this guy from the State Department. He was involved with the whistleblower claim that ignited the, the um, you know, the Ukraine impeachment scandal. But he changed the rules so that whistleblowers no longer have to be a first-person account of something happening. To, now it's a third-person account. And it kept him secret. The guy changed the whistle the whistleblowing laws to to set Trump up with a phony account of a phone call that that was falsely reported. We have the the transcript. He was never even mentioned aid in relation to no, anything. No. By the way, the, the the transcripts that came out have all been edited transcripts. There hasn't been one official unedited transcript that's ever come out for this phone call. Listen. To, to suggest that he didn't ask them to look into the Bidens is 
an outlandish claim. Well, who cares if he did ask Sure. Again, Duncan, Duncan, breaking the law. <laughs> whether it rises to the level of a crime or even something you would impeach somebody for is a, is a different conversation. Again, this phone call raised red flags from a couple of people. And, it and then it was reported. They pretended it raised face, uh, red flags to set him up. That's what I think. This is nonsense. He didn't say anything in the phone call that was a problem. The whistleblower rules got changed so that this person's third-person allegations, who didn't even listen in on the phone call, can make a ridiculous claim about the phone call. Mm. And uh, it's a setup. That's why this guy's fired, because he's a scumbag being involved with this and changing the rules. But Trump hired this guy. To so do what? this job. He hired Reince Priebus. He hired Jeff Sessions. People ingratiate themselves with people in power. He also hired uh, Health and Human Services IG Christy A. Grimm, who put out a report that uh, hospitals didn't have enough ventilators. And what so does that for have her to troubles, do with the U.S. government? Why, for her troubles, the president's responsibility terminated. <laughs> yeah, well, that's my point again. Like she's claiming General Glenn oh. Fine, April sixth, uh, was also fired. Um, he'd been selected to be part of the Pandemic Response Accountability Committee, uh, which was created after Congress passed the two trillion dollar stimulus. Um, fired, and then. Uh, there was, uh, let's see, the uh, intelligence what, chairman, Michael Atkinson. What did he Atkinson. do that pissed off Trump, though, other than being assigned to uh, do that post, the uh, the last guy you mentioned? I, I'm not even sure what he did. I, I, yeah, I'm not even I mean, sure. I, I'm not sure what he's doing. But again, the idea that you're firing the people that you hired to make sure that you're not doing bad stuff, you're then firing. It's It's a bad look. You you can again and, and Duncan we talked about this. Is he just hiring deep state operatives? Maybe he should look into a different pool of people then. Well, a lot of times with things like this, he's following recommendations, and the people around him at the start of the uh, of the the administration were definitely people he's decided he can't trust, like Sessions and Priebus and all these people. So uh, I feel like many recommendations were given to him by this initial uh, group of people surrounding him, and he's sort of weeding through and finding the ones that um, are loyal. or Because there's nothing wrong with, with uh, having a person to look over the State Department who's uh, loyal to the president as long as they're doing their job. You know, et cetera. But if you get people from, you know, like the State Department guy, Linick, was an Obama appointee, he can't be trusted. To, he's going to be in there doing things, taking any little thing you can find to blow it up out of proportion, send it to the media or whatever, and frame Trump for the next minuscule issue that is non existent in reality. Like, <laughs> Yeah. Now, wasn't wasn't that something that Trump caught some flack for when he first was elected, that uh, he campaigned under the guise of draining the swamp, but then he chose cabinet members that were all just lifelong politicians, the same type of people that were always in charge before him. Um, so, you know, let's go back to your point, Duncan, you know, perhaps now he's realizing what works and what doesn't as he's going along and improvising throughout his whole presidency. Um, considering he's not a politician. Um, so perhaps he's getting to that point where he's uh, figuring out what works for him and what doesn't. Um, but I, I think I agree with Joe. I think it's a very bad look because it's almost like uh, building a monopoly uh, where no one could stand in front of you and you just control the entire game. Look, you can be upset if somebody uh, puts forth an allegation that turns out to not be true. I just don't know if firing him is the right thing. I think I would want that guy to stay in his job and be like, well, hey, this guy here is the guy that did something wrong, but I didn't, uh, and I'm giving him a chance to redeem himself. Because here's the thing, Duncan. The next time that guy has something he wants to bring forward, he better damn well be sure that it's exactly what he says it is or he'll have no legs to stand on. The whistleblower, Eric Charamella, as far as I know, he hasn't been fired. Maybe he has, but we're talking about the guy who changed the rules to allow third-party whistleblowers, which doesn't meet the traditional definition of a whistleblower. A whistleblower is somebody who witnesses a crime that comes forward to expose it. The, hearing somebody talk about an alleged crime and then reporting it doesn't make you a whistleblower. It make, you're reporting hearsay. There's nothing substantive to it. Uh, so 
the problem with this guy is that he was involved with changing the rules to allow them to set up the president, basically. It's not that the, the complaint that the whistleblower made turned out to be wrong. It's that it was a setup to even allow it to be considered a whistleblower complaint in the first place. With, when then when it comes to the, the lady who re- did the report about hospitals, um, you know, lacking equipment and supplies, what does that have to do with the, the federal government? How is the federal government to be blamed when a hospital doesn't have supplies, a privately owned, privately run hospital that's not related? If you read the first paragraph of the Declaration of Independence, you know, what is it? We're going old school today, huh? We have to, <laughs> Bring it back. At the core of this issue is what is the purpose of government? Is government there to keep us safe and to hold our hands cradled to the grave? Or what is the purpose of government? And the Declaration of Independence says, we hold these truths to be self, self-evident, that all men were created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. So the purpose of government, according to the Declaration, is to secure unalienable rights, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. So just the general premise that the federal government is to blame when a hospital doesn't have equipment, I'd fire that person too because they're pushing misinformation that it's the government's fault somehow when the government has nothing to do with it and the government is not charged with the responsibility of keeping people safe in the first place. Well, the government was spearheading their response to the pandemic, which is something they decided to do. Uh, so there is some responsibility. And again, you could you could blame the Obama administration for leaving the cupboards bare, as as Trump has criticized. It, it, I guess my point is, is that you can't be both. You, you, you can't blame Obama uh, but but also be doing a good job. I mean, you. Well, you, I mean, it was if, one or the other. If Obama look, restricts the economy so that supplies can't be made and everything has to be outsourced, and we're relying on external countries for supplies, then it could be the fault of a president that private corporations are deprived from the ability to even obtain the stuff. If there's yeah, but artificial. But the other big problem was capitalism because when China initially had the outbreak, we went and sold all our supplies to China. So we shortchanged ourselves. And then again, and I know you love the states' rights, but you've got 50 states and a federal government competing to get equipment with 169 countries around the world. And and so you're you're asking states to outbid countries uh, and its own federal government. Look, I, again, my whole point is, is we're in this together. So somebody writes a report that says that the hospitals don't have ventilators and you fired her for it. It, it doesn't sit well. It's, it's not going to be a good story. Think about what the think about what Vox uh, or, or BuzzFeed is going to do with a story like that. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a real bleeding heart story is, is my point. It's why I'm saying Trump's not doing himself any favors when he does things again, whether whether he's right or wrong in doing this, Duncan, that's not my point. My point is, is there's an election right around the corner. What does this look like to independents who are going to be the people that ultimately decide who the president's going to be? Because, again, we know the Democrats are voting Biden, at least most of them. We'll see. Uh, And the Republicans are voting Trump. It's going to be the independents that swing this thing either way. I think optics like this make Biden look more enticing to people. And I think that's sometimes very difficult to do. (laughs) (laughs) And like you said, Joe, it may look like to independence that there's a lot of chaos going on in the administration that he uh, can't can't uh, keep his people straight. And he has to fire them that don't agree with him. But, you know, he's still the president and they work for the pleasure of the president and he can fire anyone he wants. Yes, that is. Again, no one's disputing that. Right. And I'm not I'm not disputing in any of the four cases whether he was right to fire them. My point right. is it doesn't look fired good, yeah. four guys in three months and you're six right. months away from an election. Right. You know, like I said, it's true. It's a, to independence. It'll look like, well, you know, what's going on in this administration? Why is he firing all these people? Yeah. And it's an election time coming up. So that might might uh, confuse them a little bit and say, well, maybe this guy isn't the right guy for the job. Maybe I'll vote Biden <laughs> or Hillary. Uh, I think right now, you know, this is um, with with everything. That was good. I know. (laughs) 
<laughs> with everything going on um, right now, there's more on Trump to mess up. You know, if he messes up, it just looks good for Biden. Biden doesn't have to do anything or the Democrats in general uh, with this whole um, outbreak going on. You know, it's there's more. Uh, onus on the president that's currently in office. Yep. So, uh, you know, yes. so, uh, so Biden's in a good spot. So he, lucky for he him. Is. <laughs> I, look, I, I don't envy the spot Donald Trump is in. Okay. Mm. And I'm going to say something mean here, but I think even a really good president would be struggling to deal with this situation. Okay. Yeah. That's my personal yeah. opinion. I know it's mean. Right. Um, no, that's not mean at all. You're balancing no. the desires of the, 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 the petty tyrants and the <laughs> all around the country that want the government to take over with the responsibility of being the president and following the Constitution. There's no right answer. You know? I told you guys I wouldn't hold the economy against Trump because of the lockdown. It, it wouldn't be right to and it wouldn't be fair to. Um, and as well as it was going, one could argue, hey, the guy just needs a couple months to get it restarted. So I, I won't hold that against him. This kind of stuff doesn't make me feel good. This kind of stuff makes me feel like my suspicions are right, that there's always, and again, Michael brought it up, it's chaotic in there. That's what this looks like to me. As somebody who's not really committed to either one of these guys, it's not a good look. But again... I mean, just give Joe Biden a chance to weigh in, and that might clear everything up. There you go. You, you'll see how great Trump is actually doing in comparison when you do that. He's in so. a good place right now. You mean like hiding in his basement so he doesn't have to talk? To you. <laughs> you know, Michael, you said before it's shocking that Biden's the best they can do. And, and Duncan said that line to me, and I said, no, Duncan, you know, at, at least in the mind of a liberal or a progressive, this was the absolute best field they could have ever come up with. The end result was the absolute worst. But there was an amazing cast of characters, so very qualified, very diverse people from, you know, even I someone like Amy great. Klobuchar, a woman from out in the Midwest. I mean, everybody was a little bit different. Not everybody was necessarily a woman or a minority, but everybody, I mean, it was a very diverse group. It represented different groups in America who don't necessarily have a voice at the highest level. <laughs> It was as diverse as you can get within Absolutely. the circle of complete insanity and anti-Americanism. Uh, it's like the <laughs> worst Isn't that the epitome of America right I there? Imagine. <laughs> oh, Duncan. <laughs> Come on. Like, we need more good old white people, Duncan, you know? Well, that's the other thing. It's like, who cares about the diversity at all? Somebody's race, somebody's gender, whether or not they bang dudes or chicks. I don't care about that. All I care care about is that you're minimizing government intervention into individual liberties that you maintain a non non-interventionist foreign policy that you want strong money that you know like i don't care what color you are or how trans trans uh intersectional you are with you like you could be a black like blind uh Cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cyborg, lesbian. Cyborg, lesbian. Huh? Duncan, I'm whatever. not even sure where you're going with this. So <laughs> I'm going to like, clip it. None of that matters. Gonna... The whole no, point. you're right. It doesn't. Uh, now, look, I, I, I just brought up something uncomfortable about Trump. Now I'd like to bring up something positive, the Russian hoax, uh, which I've now taken to calling it because that's exactly what this positive. stupid thing ended up being. However... Uh, there's still some there's still some goings on, and I know Duncan has a lot to say, uh, so I'm going to give you adequate time to respond. Let me just get everybody up to speed on this. The Justice Department dropped or, or attempted to drop their prosecution of Michael Flynn. Uh, this came from uh, uh, the results of the Mueller investigation. U.S. District Court Judge Emmett Sullivan slammed the brakes in that effort by announcing he's appointing a former federal judge to argue against the government's unusual bid to dismiss the charges against Flynn. Uh, Sullivan's order also directed retired Judge John Gleason to recommend whether Flynn should face a criminal contempt charge for perjury apparently for declaring under oath at two different court proceedings that he was guilty of lying to the FBI before he changed his mind and said he didn't lie to the FBI. Um, Sullivan's decision to put some resistance to the Justice Department request has brought on renewed thoughts about whether or not the president will just simply pardon Michael Flynn. 
The Justice Department was caught off guard, seemingly, by uh, Judge Sullivan. Um, again, another one of these things, Duncan, where the optics are poor, especially in, in light of the fact that there was no evidence found. Why did this guy lie? Well, there is argument that he didn't lie, that uh, the the there were quotes that were not actually uh, accurately attributed to him. Um, but that's all besides the point. What's what's important here is that you have a judge who is supposed to be an impartial person hearing the, the evidence and, you know, helping with a jury to come up with a decision. Uh, they're stepping outside of their bounds as a judge and acting as a prosecutor by bringing in a third party to prosecute the case that's so far outside of the bounds of what any judge has within their their scope of responsibilities and powers that it's completely transforming the way that that, that judges operate like there's no authority for them to do this at all you have a, a, a defense and a prosecution and the judge is the neutral party in between deciding who's right Right. So if both the defense and the prosecution agree that the charges can be dropped, the judge has no position doing anything aside from acknowledging that there's there's like if they want to bring in a prosecutor to do a, a, effectively a new trial, then you've got to make it a new trial, bro. Like the like, and you can't be the judge because you're effectively the prosecution at this point. So like, and, I, and I'll say this too, Duncan. He's this judge, Emmett, Judge Emmett Sullivan, uh, has all but told Michael Flynn that he's a failure, a loser, uh, and a traitor to his country, which is yeah, not said, something you want to hear a judge saying right. before your trial even starts that's not suggesting that the prosecution should change it to treat charges of treason like this is a mm. judge this is so, like, <laughs> the fact that we're even talking about this and this, this guy is still on the bench just shows you where we are as a country today honestly like the people are so stupid that they don't even understand the basic role of a judge and when a judge is acting outside of his authority so you said that, and I've been trying to look that up, and uh, I was trying to find other examples where something like this happened or whether or not this is even within the uh, judicial statutes. And surprisingly, Duncan, I'd like to argue with you on that. I haven't found any. I don't even understand what he's doing or under what pretense he's even allowed to do it. Right. Not even like the the previous week, Supreme Court uh, issued a statement with the nine to nine to zero a total agreement. RBJ, RBG, the, the notorious, released a statement herself talking about uh, how these amicus briefings are like just you know it's a no go basically, and uh, that would be under the circumstances where uh, the prosecution and defense are still active so for the for, for sullivan to bring in amicus briefing uh after the fact when there's no grounds anymore for a trial is just absurd yeah this this whole thing is extremely uh con confusing and it and it leaves me with um again you know i i don't want to believe that there's all these crazy nefarious things going on in our judicial system or in our 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 uh, our FISA courts you know uh but but i i can't even understand what is happening or why this is being allowed i don't like the fact though also that general flynn after twice saying he lied under oath uh, would now come back and say that he didn't. Uh, There's the whole thing is circumstances that put that sort of into perspective, though, how the, the uh, FBI was threatening to go after his son on trumped up charges, et cetera. And like, uh, it's the same thing that happened with Papadopoulos. He released a statement with his lawyer talking about how they'll come at you and try to get you to, to do something. And it's either you, you, agree to the to the plea deal that they're giving you or they'll just find a million other things and stack it up and so they these guys are looking at like y infinite years in prison um other or like or just plead guilty and spend five days for lying when you didn't actually lie and it just makes your life a whole lot easier you know what i mean 
Michael, I guess I'm looking for like I don't even like what's the judge's play here? What is is the play just to punish Michael Flynn? I mean, because again, as far as as far as the Russian hoax goes, it's over. So I don't even I don't even know what the point of this is. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing I'm thinking because, like you said, the Russian collusion uh, Russian collusion thing is over. I mean, I mean, I could see why. They wanted to get rid of Flynn because, as national security advisor, he probably could have been a hindrance to the Mueller investigation. Uh, that could have uh, ruined that hoax a long time ago. So, but at this point, it is actually a, a moot point because we know it was a hoax. So uh, I don't know. I it was beyond it, exactly. I don't know what they're still trying to do with Michael Flynn. Um, he was coerced into lying. Uh, like Duncan alluded to about uh, his uh, family being threatened and everything. Uh, I think in the end, what's going to happen is Trump is going to pardon him anyway. So that may be I, part of the goal too. That like you're talking about with optics, Joe. It looks bad. The judge yeah. may be trying to just force a pardon by extending this. Uh, well, he, I think he, that the main purpose is to keep. It's like a chessboard. They want to keep Flynn off of the off the board because yeah. he knows he knows a lot. He knows a lot. Administration, and so they had to neutralize him immediately to prevent him from doing his job um, in, as a director of national. Um, was it? Oh. What was this? National Security Advisor. National Security Advisor. Yeah. Prevent him from doing his job there. Now they're leading into the election. Information that he has could be so devastating to uh, to the Obama administration with Obamagate and everything. That's true. They're just trying to keep him off the off the political chessboard as long as possible, keeping his name sullied as long as possible, so that when he comes out with bombshell informi- information about where the bodies are hidden from the the Obama administration, um, that the election will be over they're trying to just keep it keep him out of play as long as possible so they can't inter influence the election with uh, information probably don't forget obama fired michael flynn and when trump took office he said to donald trump do not hire michael flynn and trump when asked about that conversation said quote i thought obama was joking (laughs) <laughs> again I well, mean, maybe he right? was <laughs> maybe he was whether he was or he wasn't i mean you know what an interesting thing for obama to have that said. is true and you know i mean trump's not exactly a trusting guy if there was more to it you would have thought maybe a file like here this guy's a bad <laughs> dude or whatever all honesty, i hired him just because obama told me not to <laughs> right <laughs> Um, uh, if, if I could just add, you know, um, you guys already alluded to the facts that this is a Russian hoax. Uh, they didn't find any collusion involved. I think one thing that leaders uh, hate to do is admit when they're wrong. So when they start off on a witch hunt, they're willing to go all the way with it. And never, ever, ever will they admit that maybe we made a mistake and we should have just gave up on this when we realized that we made a mistake. Uh, so rather than that, they'll just try to save face by beating a dead horse. And Definitely. That's probably what's going on right yeah. right now. That's a big factor, but I think as well on top of that, while all of that is completely accurate, they're they're diverting from their own involvement with with Russia and things that they had done, um, like the dossier, for instance, the dirty the dirty dossier uh, that obtained by uh, the Clinton campaign and the the Democratic committee uh who split it 50 50 that was you know information from russia etc with all the you know uranium one things and all kinds of things you know various things that uh they just don't want they they want to divert their own misdoings their own dirty deeds to push it all project it all onto the the republicans and trump i think um I will say that they thoroughly investigated the Uranium One thing, and the timeline just doesn't – it just doesn't add up there. But, uh, again, your point being whatever it was, there look, there's a lot of – and, and, and I'm, you guys – if you guys are going to pretend for one second it's not continuing under Donald Trump, I'm going to get mad and start yelling at everybody. But, look, we know that there's stuff that goes on behind the scenes. Most of it's bad. We You know, we'd be – 
the stunned, I think, to hear a lot of the things that that go on behind the scenes and and have been probably for uh, the last hundred years or so, like black market drug sales in the billions, funding secret space programs and stuff. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly <laughs> like that. Yes, in Afghanistan and running a Venezuelan coup. Anyone? Oh, my favorite. <laughs> now, let's not forget that one now. <laughs> now, those um, two guys got paid $250 million. Um, and they're trying to say it was an independent uh, setup to go into Venezuela and stage a coup. But uh, it sounds like government money to be. Um, people just don't casually have $250 million to invest in a. Uh, Venezuela, exactly. Bill Gates Maybe. does. So yeah, Bill that, Gates that, that or George money. Soros, right? Or both. <laughs> I appreciate or both. that. Yeah, up nice and good. <laughs> Although that would be like this whole splinter cell concept. You get thrown into a country like that to do some shady government business, and when you get caught, they deny your existence entirely. You know? Yeah, it's probably Not the quite. original plan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, who knows? Can you imagine, like, you're on an operation with the CIA, and, like, the land, I'm sure it's, like, as you're getting on the helicopter to go, like, drop in Black Ops style, they're like, oh, by the way, if you get caught, we don't know anything about you. We're going to completely we know you, all right? Thanks. Have Thanks a, nice a lot. Flight. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is gonna. This is not going to work out well. Apparently, yeah. Apparently, this plot was so bad, this coup in Venezuela, that uh, the president knew well before it even happened that they were planning it uh, and went up so far as to state he even knew what they ate and drank at the meeting <laughs> where they planned the coup. Um, president you're talking about? Yes. Um, yes. Wow. It's now being, this wow. is being referred to as the stupid Bay of Pigs invasion. And if you know anything <laughs> about the Bay of Pigs invasion, it was stupid. Uh, so this is just, this is really bad. Um, anyway, look, that's going to do it for us uh, for this week. I, uh, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this. I feel like likewise, uh, likewise. I feel like we're I feel like we're getting to the root of a lot of things here. I really do. And and again, I think that I think at the end of the day, we all love this country. We all have the 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 same gripes and complaints. Our way of resolving them, Duncan, are polar opposites at times. Right. But um, we have the same end goal. You know, happy, same end goal. Healthy individual people with liberty and. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Yes. I could not be with you anymore when it comes to that. So, anyway, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, Hopefully, we'll get Victoria Lang back here really soon. But until then, for Mike Adiosi, Sam Yosefi, and the great Lord Sterling Duncan McPherson, I am Joe McGuire. Make sure you visit us to Vital We Stand News on Facebook or visit clevercrestmedia.com backslash Divided We Stand. (laughs) 